You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Praise the Lord. Today's message is entitled Hope. Hope. H-O-P-E, hope. And I'm looking forward to sharing this with you. Uh, We'll pray, and then I'll lead you in a prayer. So, Father, I'm praying that as we hear your word, that hope would be imparted to our hearts, that we would see how foundational hope is and how it's united with trust and that we would have that perspective of hope in our lives. So give me the grace to share exactly what you want me to share, to share the right portion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen? All right, hands on our hearts and pray this together with me, nice and loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. Amen. So before we get into this, registration is closing for our outpouring unit. So it's ending this Thursday on the 24th of August. So you can register at holyfireschool.com if you'd like to be a part of it. It's Monday evening, 6.30 p.m., and we've had a great start already. Um... Closing this Thursday, and even if you're helping or serving, please register so I can connect you to everything. So that's registration is closing soon for the outpouring unit, just till Thursday, and then it closes. Uh, And this is the card Anna designed, Love Poured Out, uh, the outpouring unit, and it goes to the 4th of December. And uh, I think we've been having a beautiful time, right? Amen. For those who have been with us, we've been having a beautiful time, and I'm looking forward to continuing to get deeper into the Word with you. Uh, And let's thank our listeners. This came out on Monday, 20 Best Australian Inspirational Podcast. Uh, The Best Australian Inspirational Podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web and ranked by traffic, social media followers, and freshness. And we made number five on the list. So the Inspiration Podcast uh, features fresh messages from the Father's heart each week. So that's, uh, that's us. And Yushi helped inspire us to get out onto all the podcast platforms. So, yeah, we did that. And it's bearing some good fruit. So... That was so. Thank you. If you're a listener to the podcast or listening online, thank you for listening and being a part of us and yeah, helping spread the word. Thanks, guys. Now we get into 
what we're talking about this morning. For the last few weeks, we've been focusing on trust. One of the essential takeaways is that when the scriptures call us to believe or have faith, they invite us to trust in God. Not merely believe facts about God, but to actually trust in Him. And we know this, many of us will know this classic verse, uh, James chapter 2, verse 18. You can turn over there. I won't have it up. I won't have it up here. Um, you'll have to turn there if you, or you can just listen to it. Uh, James 2, 18. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. Now this verse 19, I want to emphasize, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. So it's telling us here that the demons believe that there's one God. They believe and they shudder, but they're not doing the will of God. They don't have trust in God. Verse 20, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? And of course, we don't have the time to get into the theological uh, debate about this, but the main thing I want to bring out is that faith is not just believing a statement of beliefs about God or believing the right things about God. It's important to believe the right things about God, but faith is putting your trust in God, relying on Him, your confidence in Him, your living, uh, trusting in Him. It has to do with your life. It has to do with um, the giving of yourself over to God and that loyalty to him. Authentic faith produces fruit. And that is what James is saying when he says that faith uh, is proved by works. And we hear that in James chapter 2 verses 20 through 26. Authentic faith produces fruit. Amen? It's because God's seed is at work in us and God's seed is growing and that seed is always full of life and fruitful. So that's what authentic faith is. There's our own faith. You know, there's also the faith that you put in a pilot to get you from one country to another. There's the faith you put in a driver if you're in the passenger seat that they're not going to get in the accident. That's kind of natural faith, but that's not saving faith. There's the... Uh, there's also many people who believe that God is one, one God, he's good, but they're not trusting their lives into God's hands. That will not save you. You need to put your trust in him. God invites us and calls us to put our trust in him. Amen? Now we'll progress will progress to hope. Now we'll move to hope. Faith and hope go together like a husband and wife. If the two aren't married together, there will be no fruit, no new life birth. 
So faith and hope go together like a husband and wife. And I'm thinking about marriage because Gideon is getting married in two weeks' time. And I can't believe it's two weeks away. <laughs> two weeks away until Gideon gets married. And I'm sharing the message at the, uh, at the wedding. And I think it's the message that I'm most nervous about, even though I've shared <laughs> many times. And it's only meant to be 10 minutes. Anywhere from five to ten minutes, so it's not meant to be long, but it's something that I'm more nervous about than anything. But God will give me grace, and uh, we'll, uh, please join us in prayer that it's a special day. And that, that's, it's a Sunday, so it's not next Sunday, it's the Sunday after that. That Sunday, the 3rd of September, which is Father's Day, there'll be no church. On that day, we're having no church. We'll be back the week after that. But he's, uh, because of the venue, he's getting married on a Sunday. So please excuse, excuse us here. But we'll be gathering again the next week after that. So we're here next week, then the week after that not, and then back again. And Bible, skills, Bible school is still on. Bible school is still on. Here's another Van Gogh and... I liked his a capture of the sun. This is called The Enclosed Field with the Rising Sun. I believe that's the exact name of the painting. I woke up with this verse yesterday, Romans 15, 13. And this is from the NIV version. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say that again. This is our main verse for today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse many years ago was highlighted to me by Mr. Chu. Edward Chu has now gone to be with the Lord. His wife is Audrey Chu and uh, daughter um, Cheryl Chu and Terrence. Oh, now, now, no, yeah, now it's not Cheryl Chu. It's Cheryl Hackett. Uh, so anyway, he would often bring this one and share this verse and it was a great hope for him, even when he was struggling with Parkinson's disease. And there was one time over here, he was dancing with the kids. He was dancing with the kids, even though he was weak and frail, and we were concerned he was going to fall down. <laughs> but he had hope in the midst of a lot of pain and things that he was suffering. And this was a verse that he often quoted Observe the connection between trust, hope, joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit's power. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So notice the connection between all of those important things. Trust, hope, joy, peace, 
and the Holy Spirit's power. Trust, hope, joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit's power. I like how the NIV translates it as you trust in him, as you trust in him, because really they get it right there, the weight of that word, uh, the pistis, pistis, we were learning about that in Bible school. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God put that on my heart yesterday morning. I didn't think I'd be able to share this morning because I felt quite wiped out this week. And then God gave me his word uh, in the morning, which quickened my heart. And I was like, ah, I got something to share. So I don't come up with these messages out of just my own mind. I, I, I need God to speak to me. And I thought, if, if God doesn't speak to me, what we'll do is we'll have a time of prayer and prophecy um, during, this, during the preaching time. But the word of the Lord came to me. And so I went to that verse, and the Lord began to speak to me through that verse. And then also, the other thing is that I went into the Greek, and I want to read it in the original. So I know what the English says. Let's hear it again in the Greek, the original. And so I made a translation of it. And I'll zoom in in a second. This is, the, this is the infographic for this week, which is this verse, Hope, Inspiration Translation. Uh, this is the translation I've been working on. Uh, you can download it. It's not up yet, but it will be soon. You can download it at the Inspiration Fire online store. It will be up by tonight. Brisbanefire.com. So you go to brisbanefire.com and then go to the Inspiration Fire online store where you'll see this, and there will be a free download for the next week. Uh, yeah, this is this verse, hope. Bless you, Lamy. Good to see you. And Lene, good to see you. <laughs> Adira, Samuel, bless you guys. So let me read this in my translation, Romans 15, 13. Now the God who knows the future who is hope, fill you with effervescent joy and restorative peace as you trust in his faithfulness. Then you'll abound, overflowing with hope, God's own confident expectation by the Holy Spirit's power. So I'll read that one again. Now the God who knows the future, who is hope, fill you with effervescent joy and restorative peace as you trust in his faithfulness. Then you'll abound, overflowing with hope, God's own confident expectation by the Holy Spirit's power. So here I want to bring out, near the end, I want to bring out the understanding of hope in Scripture, and that is it's God's own confident expectation. It's not... It's not merely wishful thinking. Uh, and we'll, we will do more of a word study next week. Uh, this week, I, I just want to frame this word hope, put it in our, before our eyes. But the idea of hope is an anticipation of God's goodness in Scripture. An anticipation of God's goodness so it's God's own confident expectation. That's another way to say it. God's own confident expectation. So he knows, and we know through Scripture, 
that he is victorious. And we receive this hope, we live in this hope, we drink in this hope by the Holy Spirit's power. So the Holy Spirit, his power gives us hope. It's like God himself is giving himself to us because we know that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. It's not uh, just a lesser form of God. It's God himself. It's God's presence. It's God's spirit, his own spirit. And when the Holy Spirit uh, works in us, he gives us the hope he has, his own hope. God's own hope comes to us by the power of the Holy Spirit as well as the Holy Spirit gives us God's own love, God's own faith, and this is why we need God's Holy Spirit, why we need the power, and it's not coming from us. We are not trying to manufacture this hope. We are participating in this hope. It's like the, the, the hope is the river, and we're getting in the river, and the river is the river of the Holy Spirit. So let me read it again. Now the God who knows the future, he knows the future, who is hope, he himself is hope, fill you with effervescent joy and restorative peace as you trust in his faithfulness. And as you trust in his faithfulness, then you'll abound, overflowing with hope, God's own confident expectation by the Holy Spirit's power. And that's... Our main verse for today. Again, I showed this at Bible school last week. Van Gogh's Bible. And Van Gogh painted this. There's a bit of a, a theme of Van Gogh. And then Yushi and Davina gave me a birthday card. Uh, where's Davina? There's Davina. <laughs> Yushi and Davina gave me a birthday card. And it had a painting of Van Gogh on it, which I was very, uh, yeah, very happy to receive. He paints the Bible, and then he also, this book, Le, Le Joie de Vivre, is by the Bible, and there's the candles, which you can't see fully in this, uh, this photo, but you see the can there's candles of the light. And his father was, uh, he wanted to be a minister, and his father was, I read recently that his father was a Protestant minister. Much of what he said, Almost all of his paintings are inspired by the Bible, except the one where he cut off his ear. That wasn't inspired by the Bible. <laughs> or maybe he, maybe he took Jesus a bit too literally. If your ear causes you to sing, cut it off. You know, if your hand causes you to sing. So this, this is why we really, know, really need to know how to, to interpret the Bible correctly and know when Jesus is speaking in hyperbole. Uh, so that's important. <laughs> So where does, where does hope come from? And this is what we have been already touching on. Where does hope come from? It comes from God and the power of His Holy Spirit. It also comes from reading His history, His testimonies. If we're reading the Word correctly, hope will be imparted to us. Let's see this in Romans 15, verse 4. So the, the main verse we have been reading and meditating on is Romans 15, 13. This comes before that, Romans 15, verse 4. 
And look at what Paul says here. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. He's talking about the scriptures here. For what, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Say the word hope. And let's repeat that phrase. We might have hope. And let's see if we can do a better job. We might have hope. And the reason why I get you to repeat it is it really gets in your mind and also into your heart. So then let's read this again. You don't have to read it together with me. And you don't have to say it in an American accent like, like they do at Bible school. You know, every time I, I say heart, they say, you know, heart with an American accent instead of hot. <laughs> okay, so for, whatever, so for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So we see there that through the encouragement of the scriptures, we receive hope. And also there's the perseverance he talks about. We may talk about that, the perseverance part, more next week. But I want you to see that hope comes from reading God's word, his scripture. If we're reading the word correctly, hope will be imparted to us. But if we're not reading the word correctly, then we'll end up in fear and despair and focusing on things that are incomplete. So we need to read the whole of Scripture to understand and receive hope from God. It seems mature to have a dark outlook on life and the church, to be jaded and without hope. Have you ever encountered somebody like that or even felt like that yourself? And it may seem mature to have a dark outlook on life and the church and to be jaded and without hope. There's a number of philosophers that have been like that in more recent times. And often you'll find people, and we can all tend to get more have a darker outlook on life the older we get. The reason being is because we see more trouble, see more hardships. Uh, our friends may die of some cancer or some other disease. And of course, this affects us because the world is a broken place and a sinful place. And also a place where there is disease and things of that nature. And so the longer we're in life, if we're just looking at this world this world, then we can become jaded and we can become without hope. And, and it seems mature uh, if someone has a dark outlook on life. Uh, they're not innocent. They know what's happening. They, they're, they, they're in touch with reality. That's the kind of thoughts that creep into our minds and other people. And yes, the world's sins will suck hope out of you if you focus on them. So if you focus on the world's sins and all the issues that are out there, it will suck hope out of you. Um, 
I have to watch this for myself because often my body's in pain uh, because of different medical things. And, um, and then I have to make sure I'm not focusing on what I feel, but focusing on the Lord. Isaiah 60, verse 1. So I'm not saying this because, oh, this is easy for you, Glenn. No, it's not easy for me. <laughs> but I have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is how it is possible. That is how it is possible. Isaiah verse 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. I think you would have heard of this verse. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth. So darkness will cover the earth, and darkness is covering the earth, and deep darkness, the peoples. So, so yes, that is true, but there's something more, and that comes out in the but. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear on you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So yes, there's darkness, but we have a far greater light rising upon us and also within us, upon us and within us, and nations will come to that light. And that's also the theme of Romans chapter 15 is the nations coming into God's covenant, the nations coming into his salvation so that is, that's uh, the Gentiles. It's speaking of the nations. That's what Paul was focusing on in Romans chapter 15. So let me read that again, verse 2. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear on you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And then it goes on to say, lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. But they're going to come to the light. Not if we're focusing on the darkness. Not if we're obsessed with woe is me and how difficult everything is. And the church is lost and the world is lost. Yes, it is lost. But we have got to bring hope. We have got to bring God's glory. We've got to bring God's light, which means we need to focus on the beauty of who he is so that the light of God will break out into the darkness. So this is what happens uh, if, if this jaded view happens when we see the Bible incompletely or when we see half the sentence or half the verse. So we see the verse of the darkness is over all the people, and then we get stuck on that. And I've seen this happen so many times. So we get stuck on the darkness that is on the people. And if you get stuck there, you get locked into despair and hopelessness. Yes, yeah, like Jeremiah 17. Like Donna was mentioning. Moving forward here. Hope is like helium that causes you to rise above the darkness. 
Helium is the second lightest element in the known universe, and since the helium molecule is about eight times lighter than the oxygen molecule, a balloon rises when filled with it. And we all know this from parties, birthday parties, we fill balloons with helium, and of course it rises, and it's quite exciting. Well, that's what hope is like. Hope is like helium that causes you to rise above the darkness because that hope is, is lighter. It's not, that, it's not heavy like the darkness. It's, it's light, and it causes you to rise above. A balloon rises when filled with it. And so what am I saying here? Be filled with hope. And as you're filled with hope, you rise above the darkness and the clouds. And you have a different perspective, God's perspective. And here's a photo, not a real photo, artistic photo here. Uh, some guy in an astronaut outfit with some helium balloons. I like that they're full of light. Our mindset must be filled with hope in every area of our lives. This happens when we think biblically like Paul rather than like everyone around us. Are you, are you hearing this? Our mindset must be filled with hope in every area of our lives. Every area. Like our marriage. Like our children. Like our, in our workplaces. Like among our neighbors, among our fellow believers, our, our own faith community. Now, how does this happen? It happens when we think biblically like Paul rather than like everyone around us. So our, uh, our mindset needs to be gospel-centered, which means good news-centered. So our mindset needs to be good news-centered focused on the good news, on the triumph of Christ, on His victory, on His love, on the joy of who He is and the beauty of who He is. And so, in ending, I want to share 12 areas to practice trust and live in hope. 12 areas to practice trust and live in hope. I already started to share some areas, but this is a starter, and all of these uh, areas begin with the letter F for faith, right? So let's look at this, but this is a starter. There may be other areas that going through this will help you to uh, remember that, hey, I need to bring hope into, I need to bring hope and trusting in God into this area. Are you ready? Areas to trust God and hope in His goodness. Oh, and let me say this came to me in the middle of the night because in the, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was struggling with anxiety. Uh, and so the Lord brought me through this of taking every area and mentioning it to Him in prayer and just saying, Lord, I trust you in this area. So this is something to practice. 
I trust in you in this area. I trust in you in that area. I, I, I look toward your hope in this area. And I found that after I did that, my heart was calm. So now I'm recommending it to you. <laughs> so areas to trust God and hope in his goodness, family. So in our family. So our own immediate family, but also our extended family. And because we love our families, our heart is often troubled by our families. Remember what Jesus said? Let your heart not be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. So he doesn't want our hearts to be troubled. He wants us to trust. So family, and also I'm thinking of marriage too. We need to trust God and hope in his goodness for our marriages. And then another area to trust God and hope in his goodness is friends. Our friends. Now sometimes friends can be frenemies. Have you heard that word before? <laughs> a frenemy is more of a... A new word that has been developed, they'll probably be in the dictionary soon. Frenemy is kind of someone who's like a friend, but also a bit of your enemy. There's a bit of uh, tension going on there. Now, hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't, don't understand. Uh, Siri doesn't understand, but <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, friends, it could be something uh, stressful or it could be, they're going through something. We know that our dear friend Fran is going through something difficult with her heart and her arteries. Um, and so we need to pray for her. This is an area where we need to trust God and hope in his goodness. And this is what we were praying for, for example, with Daniel and Diane and Grace and Chris with his, uh, what he's going through. We need to trust God and hope in his goodness. Another area to trust God and hope in his goodness is finances. Because there's a lot of, especially now, there's a lot of stress. But always, all throughout time, there's always been stress regarding finances. So this is an area where we need to trust God and hope in his goodness. Our future, or your future, or the future, is an area to trust God and hope in his goodness. Putting our future in his hands, seeing what his scripture says about the future. And then how about food, which goes along with finances, and I'm talking about having daily bread, eating, but also sometimes some people are so nervous about, what are they putting in my food? And guess what? Yes, we're in a sinful world, and, uh, but we pray grace. We ask God to sanctify the food. And there is even some science that says when you eat something that uh, even may be poisonous, but you do it with some gratitude, it doesn't have the same effect as poison would in your body. Now it's, you can look it up and, and search it more. Uh, yeah, we have, what is it? So I'm not saying, oh, go eat junk food, right? That's not what I'm saying, though I got a fair bit of junk food for my birthday, right? <laughs> I got chocolate and things like that. <laughs> So I'm applying this. Oh, Lord, <laughs> let it not damage me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm being a bit humorous. But even with our food, we cannot be worried about every single thing. We pray over it. Lord, sanctify it. Let it uh, help me to digest it properly. 
And so we need to trust God with our food. Our failures, we have failures. And we tend to get focused on our failures, but we need to trust God and hope in His goodness in our failures that God turns things around. With that, our fears. We need to trust God with our fears. Our feelings. So this is another thing that happens is often our feelings become, we think our feelings are who we are and we need to transcend our feelings. Again, fill our mindset with that, that quote-unquote helium of hope and rise above our feelings. Our feelings should not be the sole uh, dictator of our lives. We acknowledge our feelings, just like in Psalms. We don't ignore them, but we need to rise above all of the, the anguish and the pain and find the goodness of God. Like we looked at in Psalm 13 last week. Can I read Psalm 13 again? Do I have your permission? Mm-hmm. We're almost at an end here. This is our, la- this is our last slide here. <laughs> so here this has to do with the psalmist's future and fears and feelings. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. Verse 5 and 6, notice how he is struggling, but he pushes through that. And he says, but I have trusted in your loving kindness, your chesed, your kind, loyal love. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart, we've been talking about the heart, lev, levi, Hebrew here, my heart My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to Yahweh because he has dealt bountifully with me. He's been good to me. He's poured his goodness on me. And so I'm going to sing to him. Hallelujah. So we see the psalmist, how he acknowledges his feelings, but he also presses through them to something higher, which is God's view. And then we need to trust God in our field. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, for some people, it's a literal field. They have a little literal field and they're growing ginger or they're growing some, uh, our friends are doing, our friends are doing that. They're growing something. They're growing a kava, right? Is that right? Did you guys grow? Uh, Peter, what did you grow when you were growing up? Sweet potato. Yams. Yeah, cool, cool, yeah. So, uh, taro and... What's that? Now everybody's hungry. <laughs> so it can be a literal field, but it could be your, your field. Like, you know, I work in the field of medicine, or I work in the field of construction, or I work in the field of uh, youth uh, safety and justice, or whatever your field is. And counting, finances, whatever the field is, you need to trust God in that field. And God wants to make you fruitful in that field. 
He wants a harvest in that field. And DIS, you know, that field and caring. And God wants you to have a harvest there. And then trust God with his flock that is one another, his sheep. We need to trust God with his flock, that he shepherds them. For pastors, we can tend to do this. And other leaders, is we think we have to solve all the problems. And then we get burnt out because we're trying to fix everybody's problems. But only Jesus is the true shepherd. We do what we can. We, but ultimately, it's Jesus who is the shepherd. We don't want to replace Jesus. We don't want to usurp Jesus. He is the true shepherd of the sheep. We're the under shepherds. And all of us are called to be shepherds. That's another thing that's important to know. How about our flesh? And by our flesh, I'm not talking about a sinful flesh. I'm talking about our bodies. So our health, the knee's not working, digestive system's not good, immune system, whatever it may be, we need to trust God and hope in his goodness for our flesh. The shoulder is broken. Whatever it may be, we need to trust God with our flesh. My heart and flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Again, another verse that Mr. Chu used to go to, and Fran, yeah. So trust God with your flesh. And then, and then realize there's a resurrection from the dead. So we will all rise from the dead and appear before Jesus' judgment seat. And we'll have a new body, like Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to be walking through walls. <laughs> We're going to be into the sky, you know. He ascended before them. It's going to be really, really cool. So if you, went, if you want in on this, please ask Jesus into your heart and life. <laughs> but that, let that not be your motivation that you're going to get a cool uh, uh, body. <laughs> <laughs> and trust God and hope in his goodness in the area of forgiveness. Uh, I believe Irene was posting a verse about forgiving from the heart recently. Forgiving from the heart. And Jesus calls us to forgive from the heart, but that is an area where we need to trust God and hope because it is difficult for us to forgive from the heart, but that's what the Lord calls us to. So these are all areas to trust God in and hope in his goodness, and we're going to pray in a second. Family, friends, finances, future, food, failure, fears, feelings, field, flock, flesh, forgiveness, all areas to trust God and hope in his goodness. I believe that's, that's the end. That is the end. So we'll go back. Here and we'll, we're going to pray. And then I'm going give, to give the mic to Christine. And she's going to share a word. And then we're going to break up in fellowship. And in time for Peter to, he has to go a little bit earlier. But we're ending on time, so that's good. So Father, we want to thank you for this message of hope and trust and how the two go together. I'm asking that you fill each one of us with your hope. Not just our own wishful thinking, but your hope. And that our mindset would be filled with your hope. And that in every one of these areas, 
hope would invade, that your hope would invade like light every one of these areas. And there would be a change that in every time we face a difficulty or trouble, we would inject hope into the situation, into our minds. Forgive us, Father, where we have not hoped, where we have not been gospel-centered, good news-centered, where we have thought the worst thing. We have thought the, uh, just the worst possible situation. Lord, let us think differently. Let us pray differently. Let us speak life into each situation. In the mighty name of Jesus, uh, I'm praying for all of us in our church, every one of us, to be filled with hope as we trust in you. And that we would experience your effervescent joy. We would experience your restorative peace. Thank you, Jesus. And the little children, we pray, a blessing on them that they would grow healthy and strong. And it's Valerie's birthday tomorrow that you would bless her as she, 10 years of life, Lord, cause your face to shine upon Valerie and thank you for the treasure of who she is. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. So now I've asked, just, I've asked Christine to share something. As a prophetic word, and I am, I'm encouraged by Anne and sharing prophetic words and all of you stepping out and praying and sharing. This will be the last thing. Then we'll have a song just to worship and conclude with. Um, Christine, you're okay? Yeah, good. This is the mic, so if you hold it about... You can hold it. You could, however you want, you can sit there. I like to stand. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thanks for the opportunity, Glenn. Um, God gave me this word on the... um, Oh, recently, about the 17th of August, I think it was. No, what are we today? No, it was a few, few days earlier than that. And I believe it will be a great encouragement and give you a lot of hope. And I titled the message, This is Your Time of Coming Out. And I heard the Lord say, Many are aware of a strong shift increasing in the atmosphere around about them and how the spiritual fight is becoming very real. The struggle for true and lasting freedom has been intense. You are not alone in this. I gird you with strength as you stand in the authority I have given you. Your mouth is the greatest weapon you have in these circumstances. Use it to speak to the mountains in your life. Keep standing for what I have promised and ordained and you will experience weights Oh, just, I've just lost it there. Hang on. There we go. Keep standing for what I have promised and ordained and you will experience weights falling off your life and that which has enclosed you disintegrate until the real you emerges and steps out onto the scene. 
no longer limited by the constraints of the world, nor the constraints of others and the limitations of your old nature. Circumstances that looked impossible will suddenly change. You are coming out, bursting with light, life full of light and energy, full of joy. It is your time for the world to see who you really are in all the splendour that I have created you to be. You are breaking out of your place of confinement like a butterfly breaking out of its cocoon. Whoa. Whoa. Let's all Let's all stand. Thanks, Christine. Let's all stand, and then we'll get Anna to lead us in a, a song. Lord, we just pray that that transformation would happen and that we would break out and fly in Jesus' name. I know that you've put this, this word about cocoon in my heart uh, especially last year, and it's still there, and that we would be those transformed people speaking, speaking life. And we just take this time to speak life into Fran, into Chris, into Grace, into Daniel and Diane, into everyone here in the name of Jesus, that we would be a people walking in victory. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray for Christine. We thank you for these messages that you have been giving her from your heart. And we pray that you bless them and use them and uh, cause them to, to just grow and expand. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll have one, one last song.